0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to the Rick Shields podcast. It's 2020 and this is the first podcast back. I just uh, We're just chatting in off camera being I mean, producer guy who's with me as well. You how to
1: use your brain when it came to speaking.
2: I think the starting the podcast is one of the hardest things to do. Like starting a, a video, it's like, "Hey guys," or "I'm I'm here," or whatever. With a podcast, it's like you go super like, "Hey guys, welcome to the rituals <laughs> podcast." Or just go like, "What we didn't and laugh and start the podcast." But anyway, we are back for 2020. I believe this is podcast episode number ten. um We had last week off as it was the Christmas period but more importantly because we wanted to save some news that we can talk about today because TaylorMade have announced their new driver lineup today and we're going to discuss it a little bit in this podcast but also tell you about the video that's just gone live on the YouTube channel depending when you listen to this podcast so you can watch the full review. Loads of exciting clubs are coming out in 2020. We have been thoroughly testing over the last few weeks and believe me when I say January, February is new product season. It is, and I've not hit any of it yet. <laughs> I have, thankfully. uh Yeah, so tailor-made drivers have just dropped. They are called the SIM. S-I-M, shape in motion. The whole idea of it is supposed to be more aerodynamic to help you as a golfer pick up more clubhead speed and then hit the ball further. That's the big claims. Long story short, it's a big metal kind of.
1: What's it what called? It? It's, it's called an, an inertia, inertia
2: generator. Yeah, some kind of metal contraption on the back of the driver underneath, obviously that helps with the airflow around the driver head. It's very similar to what Cobra did with their speed back in the past. And it's not too dissimilar to what TaylorMade have done with their M6 lineup last year. They've just made that section at the back, the butt end, let's say much bigger and slightly angled towards the toe because they reckon as the club comes down, that's the angle that the club's going to be more likely in. I suppose that's in the perfect scenario. Um, it's a good looking driver. Yeah. I've got to say that there's a chalk white top on crown. It's very similar to the M two, M three, M four, M five, M six that we've seen in the past and M1. Where it's kind of a carbon crown with a with a contrast between the the front edge. Uh it's got speed injected twist face again, so it's where the twist the face is twisted to help off centered hits apparently still find more fairways and speed injected to increase the Ball speed and what TaylorMade have claimed it's the fastest they can ever make the ball speed. So they've now started to switch ideas and try and make the club head speed faster. I'm sold. I that sounded like an ad read. No. It, I think one <laughs> That's thing. That's more just the tech.
1: Regardless of performance, which we'll obviously come on to in a moment, and you know whether all this marketing spiel actually works, one thing TaylorMade do a very good job of is when they bring out a new driver, weirdly, the old one looks old so with the new one the little twist face screws are now blue as opposed to red now that shouldn't make any difference whatsoever but now when I look back at because I've got an M5 in the bag when I look at the red screws it looks dead old I'm like oh I want the blue one now now I don't think Cobra did that with the new SZ drive SZ I think I'll say that now it's SZ isn't it not SC SZ that doesn't look any better than the F9, but definitely the SIM I think is starting to look newer and fresher like chalk while like you said
2: looks really good. Um, it's a bit like a new iPhone, like when yeah. the iPhone 11 Pro came out with the three cameras at the back, I was like, "Oh, what it. is that? That's awful." I've now got one and I absolutely love it. Yeah. You know, and it becomes more of a of a fashion accessory where you'll see phones now with the three cameras and become more used to it. Already we're seeing scenes from Hawaii where Dustin Johnson's got it in the bag, uh, Matt Wolfe, um, etc. a lot of the Taylor May players. And it already just looks, it looks appealing. It looks modern. When the first time I saw it, the first time we got images of it, I was so underwhelmed.
1: The colour to me at first looked like a budget package set. The kind, the kind of light blue, as I said, it's grown on me. But back on that point you said about the players are all using it, in one way, that should be a massive accolade for TaylorMade. The players are already trusting it and putting it in the bag and going and playing tournaments with it. But maybe it's me it being a bit... To. Yeah. First thing I think is, well, they're paid to. But secondly, if it was actually different, would the players put it in the bag yet? Because even sometimes when difference is better, so when a club is better, players still don't quite want to put it in the bag yet because they're not quite used to it. But if it's such an easy switch, can it be any different?
2: What would be interesting for me is if the first event back was a massive tournament. Mm-hmm. The one in Hawaii, I can't remember what it's called, T C something or other. I can't I remember know. what it's called. Uh, it's not a big it's not a big tournament. You know, they come back and it's kind of quite relaxed and you know, they're wearing shorts and they're showing off the new products and some golfers have signed new contracts and new clothing deals, etc. It feels more like an exhibition mm-hmm. tournament. You know, it's quite an an easy golf course from what I've seen in the past. There's always that hole where Dustin Johnson seems to drive it on the green downhill par four it like yeah. 400 yards. And Taylor made a claim and it's the new driver, this, that and the other. So it'll be interesting to see what actually happens. I think also you'll probably start to see glimpses of the new Callaway driver starting to go in play as well. Mm -hmm. I won't digress into that too much because that's coming soon. But yeah, I think there's a couple of things. that I definitely think the tailor-made players, there's got to be something in the contract where they have to put it in play this tournament, first tournament back. Yeah, you think so. But I must admit, you often see tailor-made players switch into new drivers very quickly.
1: You do. And again, is that that they are always just better? They've got to put in the bag straight away. They want that distance gain. They want that ball speed gain. Or is it the fact that actually they're not that much different so it's easy to
2: swap? Possibly, yeah. And also, I mean, that'll be a big one, you know, because obviously now we're moving away from the M lineup. M has been around. Uh, God, how long has 2016
1: been now? was the first one? Then they had a the 2017 version of the same numbers M1, M2, and then they had 2018 was M3, M4, and then 2019 was M5, M6. Oh, god, yeah, so there's
2: been like four yeah. versions of the M drivers, and now that lineup's gone. I can't imagine it's going to come back. I fully expected maybe. Well, i would say I fully expected, I didn't, but I also wouldn't have surprised me if we just saw an M7 and M8 this year. I think M8 would have been funny.
1: What about if they brought back the R series and it was R20? That would have been cool. That would
2: have been cool. Because Sim, where do you go with Sim? Sim 2? I mean, we're thinking in the future, but it doesn't feel yeah. like it's as quite as easy to continue the lineup. Anyway.
1: Speaking like, of lineup, though, there's three drivers.
2: Uh, you know what? You read my mind. There are three drivers. There's the standard Sim, which the standard Sim has got now one adjustable weight. It's very much more like SLDR, where the weight's moved way closer to the face in a weight track that is, you know, maybe... Half an inch away from the actual club face. It's just one weight. You can put it in all across the sliding bar into an extreme fade setting and into an extreme draw setting, which I do test in the video. Um, and, you know, there's no point in keeping any spoilers. It's not a magic one. The weight doesn't make a massive difference. And just be careful of that because I think sometimes we can get a bit lost in weights and what they can do. It'll make a very small difference to a robot, but to a human being hitting golf balls because it's in fade doesn't mean every shot's going to fade perfectly down the middle of the fairway um there is then this big inertia generator at the back uh, there is more aerodynamic features around the face with these like little uh, around the head sorry these little dimple effects around the heel which again is supposed to increase um air restriction um where the m um, sorry um <laughs> where the tailor-made map where the tailor-made sim max is more like the M6 driver. It's not adjustable bar the hosel, which again, sorry, that is a feature of the SIM as well, where you can go up and down by two degrees. But the SIM Max has no adjustable weights. Um, For me, when I hit it, I actually preferred the SIM Max and seeing early images again of these tour players playing in Hawaii. The SIM Max is very... Um, featured heavily along a lot of the players and then there's the sim max d type which is a draw version where the the inertia generator has been moved a little bit more towards the toe to help even more draw bias to a degree and the weighting system slightly changing it as well price wise they've come down as you well have, haven't so they?
1: The, the the sim normal what of a better word with the adjustable weight is now 479 Whereas last year the M5 at retail when it launched was four nine nine, so it's about twenty pounds cheaper. But you know that's, that might be due to the dollar conversion. I'm not not so sure. And then obviously the kind of normal version. Oh, sorry, the, that's the problem this year. I want to call them both the normal version because normally I would call a non movable weighted driver the normal one. But this year the sim max is the it's.
2: You know I think they would have been better calling the sim max sim. Yeah. And then the sim. Sim tour. Yeah. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Or Sim know, Plus, yeah. or, it's a bit confusing. Maybe not the Sim, Plus, the Sim Max
1: and the kind of more fixed one is 449, which is the same price as the M6, which is the one it's replacing. Um as I said, looks wise, I think they do look nice. I wasn't blown away initially, but it's one of those things I think with TaylorMade again, they do kind of grow on you over time. Once you start seeing Dustin Johnson smacking it 400 yards, as he said, with one and uh, Rory one in the bag and Tiger, et cetera, it does start to grow on you. I think that's one thing, although we, we know they just pay a fortune for it, but the stable of athletes TaylorMade have with their drivers in particular, it does make you think, wow, like if these guys are using it it must be good. But yeah, obviously getting paid squillions of dollars to use it. Um, but onto performance. Obviously, I've not hit it yet. I think the reason I've not hit it more than anything is whenever we go out filming, I have got five layers on. So although I'm tempted, I think, oh, I can't be trying to hit this now because I'll just hit it rubbish. But you've hit it. Not so rubbish. You hit it quite well. And how many yards did you gain over M5?
2: Well, this is the big one, isn't it? This is what you've all been waiting for. So the gains over M5 this year in 2020... Drum roll. ...was a grand total of... One yard. Wow. (laughs) So I carried the SIM one yard further than M5. And if I'm honest, the reason being more than anything was actually just a little bit of difference in spin rate from when I tested it. I tested it on the same day with M5, the same shaft. So I tested a lot. So testing process... um, As soon as we got it in the studio, I took it down to the driving range at Trafford Golf Centre and and smashed it. You know, I just wanted to get a feel for the drivers. Initially, I could start to see a bit of a difference between the two. Sim Max was a little bit higher flighted, a little bit more spinny, when standard Sim was actually possibly even too low spinning, but came out more of a bullet. I took both drivers out on the golf course then and saw those same similarities again. If you really, if I'm really trying to smash Sim when the weight is at the front where it is obviously that's where that weight track is it can go a long way but it just doesn't spin very much it really reminds me and i say it in the video of the sldr driver from a number of years ago where the weight for you know all this loft up story super low spinning if you loft it up and crush it then it kind of works and i think you're going to see that a little bit in the sim this year it wouldn't surprise me if loft up story almost slightly comes back into yeah. play potentially with sim and then um sim max for me was a much like i said a much more forgiving driver i felt like the flight was much higher a little bit more spin but equally on distance then i went to the golf studio at quest golf academy tested the three heads so when i say the three heads it was sim sim max and m5 from last year in the same shaft exactly the same setup same loft 9.75 degrees in the um diamana shaft x stiff and I was mainly looking for club head speed differences. Mm.
1: Well, that's the main story, I guess,
2: because that's what they're saying. Sim, Max, Sim, and Sim Max are going to go. You're going to be able to swing it faster than M5, therefore hit it further. Um, on the test, there was—I mean—and I hit a lot of golf shots in the test. They were sweat on. I did. It was hot. I still had the layers on from the out on the golf course, and um, basically, there was there was. No difference.
1: No, I think the actual averages that we present in the video, there was a 0.4 mile an hour club head speed gain on the sim. But one thing that we wanted to discuss more in depth on this podcast, which we do touch on on the video, but I think it's good with you guys listening, who've probably got a little bit longer, you might be in the car or whatever, we can go through this a bit more, is that 0.4 of mile an hour is is not a gain because Rick obviously is a, is a human. He's not, it's not a robot. So although his swing is consistent, he's obviously a good player at a good level. <laughs> well, okay. <player laughs> at an okay. Level. Um, you are going to see naturally differences between your swing from shot to shot anyway. So we did a little mini test where we actually got Rick in a four iron and hit, like five or six shots, and then the exact same club, exactly the same situation again, and I think your club head speed varied by 0.3, which is really consistent, like that is. I used to fit amateur golfers, and and Rick being within 0.3 of a mile an hour is super consistent. But obviously, there's no that gain, if you like, can't be contributed to the golf club, because it was the same golf club. So it just shows when there was a 0.4, again, gain, if we call it a gain, with the sim over the M5, it wasn't really a gain, it was just your... I don't use the word inconsistency because it's very consistent, but that's just human nature. Yeah. So, long story short, there is absolutely our testing and our findings. There was absolutely no evidence to suggest that the sim would help you swing it faster than an M5.
2: No, I, and we we stand by that and the fact that, you know, as Guy mentioned, there's so it was so lit. If it was, I mean, for for us, a noticeable difference. Really, you've got to be looking at maybe two miles per hour.
1: Yeah, I would say two to three. Yeah, and I think even with distance, you've got to be looking at six to seven to eight yards consistently for it to be the product, and not just you in a better one over another. Correct. Shop.
2: So we, um, as I say, stress all this in the video: the fact that there is no difference. And if you are an M five, M six owner, do not go out and buy sim. You know, I just don't see it being worth it whatsoever. But if you've got a driver that's four or five years old, you know, maybe um an r1 or an r11 or whatever lineup you might start to see some differences um, or if you just fancy buying a sim there's nothing wrong with that as well And that's you know some... we mentioned that exactly. if you're a tailor-made fan and you want the sim because you see dj and you want to impress your mates and you've got some cash to spend well go for it got some christmas money uh,
1: and i think that's something we're discussing more and more in the videos and we discuss more so because there was a time when we would have almost been like yeah if you have an m5 it's absolutely no point going buying it but some people, and it's fine, want to have the latest gear. And if you want to go out, if you've got an M5 now and you love TaylorMade, you love your golf, it's your main hobby, and you want the sim because you want the new driver, then absolutely go and buy one. That's fine. But don't buy one with the assumption that it's going to make you a better player over an M5 because it, it won't.
2: It's going back to the old iPhone story again. I had an iPhone 10, and it was perfect, no problems with it. I moved up to the iPhone 11, which cost a lot more, but minimal gains, yeah. you know, <laughs> a different camera, and, that's you, it.
1: You kind of knew that... A load them into it. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's fine. I think also what Taylor made is saying with this inertia generator at the back that it helps the club have a really high MOI and it's more stable. You're going to hit more shots on the fairway, etc. Again, we didn't really find that, did we? It was very, very similar to the M5. So overall, really a little bit harsh, but it it's an M5 M6 with a bit of a paint job. Let's yeah, be honest, it's now
2: a blue color. Yeah. Um, but you know they're, they're still trying to push it. They've put this big um, advert out yesterday, I think it was where have you seen that one no so So it's like a little advert and it's it's talking about we'll only stop getting better once you oh yeah tell us you're done or something like that and you've got tiger dj jason day rory and basically they're saying we're going to continue to push the boundaries evolve 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 until you're happy basically. Because I do think they're starting to struggle.
1: Uh, 100%. And another thing I think is interesting is... I don't roughly, mean tailor-made, I just mean just, manufacturers yeah, exactly. I making think product better. Roughly, with a driver, and this, this can vary from player to player. but roughly, if all factors are perfect, one mile an hour of club head speed could gain you roughly between two and, and, let's say, four yards. But really, more about three yards of distance if, if everything was kind of perfect. So, let's just say tailor-made found on a robot that the sim was 0.1 of a mile an hour faster swing speed than m5 that would equate to roughly like what 0.3 of a yard if that but i don't know what the threshold is where a brand can claim it's faster because surely if it is 0.0001 of a mile an hour faster in theory it's faster so with these claims that taylor made have i wonder what by the legal standpoint it has to be for them to claim it like we found there was literally no difference on a human. But if it is again point 0. 0. 0. zero 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 one of a mile an hour faster, then I suppose by law it's faster.
2: But if they see on a robot the same test as us and and it was zero point four, then, then they
1: would claim that miles
2: per hour faster. Yeah. Is that is that enough?
1: Well, it would be a yard and a half maybe, and I suppose they could say, well, it's black and white, it's faster.
2: But the, the only one strange. thing and we 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 pulled it up with Taylor Mate, is they never really say how much more difference. Let's say the best players in the world get. They always say, oh yeah, they're definitely hitting it better yeah well, me, tell me
1: i think they learned the lesson with the 17 yard claim didn't they on uh, the rocket balls that they want to keep those figures in house but at the same time i'm sure if rory gained six yards they'd absolutely shout from the rooftops that rory's gained six yards so i think the fact that they're not shouting about yardage gain probably is the fact that there's not
2: really a gain at all yeah exactly um i started the video by saying sim or sim is stands for speed in motion but also we simply think it's a slightly improved marketing Mm. because a lot of it comes from that side of it as well but um check out the video let me know what you think in the video um like I say hopefully in this podcast we can dive into a little bit more detail that's what we're going to use this podcast for moving into 2020 we are going to up the amount of videos we release on youtube this this year which we're really excited about continuing with the fantastic support that we're getting on facebook certainly from the facebook uh, rickshill's podcast page which we're loving the nearly up to seven thousand flying uh what do you call people Root in members, there members i guess members, members? yeah the badges
1: uh, are showing now as well. They are. I see a lot of founder members, who are the guys that have been there from day one. Shout out them. They've got like a little leaf logo. I think. Did it is. Did you get one of them? Yeah, I have. Did I get one? Um, I don't know if you did. Actually, I don't think you did. You. Uh, I don't think. I
2: don't think I joined from my personal page. Did I? You
1: are now. I think. But and then there's a lot of uh, I'm, convers- I'm admin.
2: Actually, you're admin. That's why
1: I made you an admin. <laughs> um, then there's conversation starters. There's like. But it feels like, which is really good, the traction, I didn't know if it would slow down a bit, but it's absolutely not. It's ab- It's really flying.
2: Um, just as we're on there now, I'm, I'm just um, accepting another 35 members who have just come back into the Rick Shields podcast. Let's see if they're listening. Mark Crisp, Dave Watkins, Jeremy Richardson, Gareth Chambers. I don't know if this is uh, private information we shouldn't yeah. share, but anyway, you've all just been accepted to the Shields uh, podcast We've group.
1: we I asked a question last night. I said that we were recording the podcast. There's loads of questions. We will dive into some of them before, uh, before later on. But I have got something I want to announce. First off, we have got our very, very first listener
2: of the week. Da, 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 da. So we will try and get a better tune than that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. So we had. Uh, we've also got an email address. So it's podcast at rickshields.com, and we really encourage you guys to send us emails. Let us know how you're getting on, if you're enjoying the podcast, any goals you've got for the season, um, what videos you're liking, just anything you want to send us, feel free to send us an email, we'll try and get back to as many as we can. We had an email from Justin Heeks, so That's uh, I think it's Heeks, H-E-E-K-S, and he sent a really nice email, quite a long email, saying that he's a big fan of the podcast, he's currently playing off 12, Um he, he follows you on Twitter, Rick. He's not actually on okay. Facebook, so he's missing out on the Facebook group, but he's a Twitter user, um, and he loves the podcast. I
2: can't believe people don't have Facebook. Yeah, anyway, know.
1: Um <laughs> He was saying that he's got some strict but he was also laughing about the... Um, Head covers story, and he'd seen some guy at the head cover uh, at the range, sorry, with head covers, and he was kind of laughing at him. I
2: feel like I don't know if sales went up of head, iron head or covers over Christmas down. or massively People down
1: burning the head covers. <laughs> yeah. But basically, it's just a really nice email saying that he loves the content, um, loves the videos, loves the podcast. So thanks so much, Justin. You are officially the first ever Rick Shields Golf Show podcast listener of the
2: week. Wow, we salute you. Thank you so much. So yeah, guys, if you want to get involved and want to become the listener of the week, <laughs> make sure you drop us an email. Um, Or get in touch with any forms necessary, but podcast at rickshields.com. Links are in the description. I'll put that email down there as well. Um, But yeah, thanks for the support. The podcast has been flying. We've been loving making it. Let's say it was was a shame we had to miss a week last week, but I think it was needed, and then we're back up and running again. Um, We've got got loads of questions, haven't we, as well, guy?
1: We've absolutely got loads, but I always feel like once we start looking at questions, I almost can't find any, but there actually is loads so let me find one straight away do you guys have any weird superstitions that's from andrew anthony who's a conversation starter
2: hmm superstitions i feel like i have had them in the past but they never last i feel like i've you know i remember when i went to america one time this was a number of years ago and i went to vegas and um, i did quite well on the roulette table and when i finished um playing roulette or whatever it was I had um what do you call them like a a cent a dime Mm. what's a dime like 25 cent it's like a silver coin anyway I had like a silver coin I think it's I think it's a dime and uh, I remember feeling like that was my lucky coin because i had done quite well at the roulette table so for months and possibly even a year later I used that particular coin as my ball marker um, and we, I've actually still got that coin at home, but I no longer use it as a ball marker. That might be where I've been going wrong all these years because <laughs> I reckon that was about 2012 when I did that. And that might have been when I used to break 80. <laughs> uh, <so I'm, laughs>
1: Those are the days.
2: <laughs> Those were the days breaking 80. Um, so I might actually try and dig that back out again. Um, but bar that, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't thing, mind what number well, golf ball I use. No, that I doesn't don't. bother me.
1: Uh, one weird one I've always had since being a junior, and it sh- it shouldn't really be a superstition. This should just be what you do, but it is. I always remember as a junior, like I'd, if I hit a shot like out the rough or out the fairway or wherever it might be, and I took a big divot. Now, obviously, you should put that back, but as a junior. Not every junior used to always put the divot back. But I used to think if I don't put the divot back and repair the course, the course wouldn't be nice to me. Now, that sounds really bizarre, but it's kind of stuck. Now, obviously, I know etiquette-wise, you should always repair your pitch marks and things, but it kind of gave me that extra incentive to actually do it because I felt like if I don't look after this course, I'm going to get some bad bounces and stuff. And it's still, weirdly, I'd do that today. <laughs> but you should always put
2: your divots back anyway. So effectively, greenkeepers should have the most luck around yeah. the golf course, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It's as, is he asked that as a question? Has anyone answered it as well or not?
1: Um, some One guy, uh, Cody Haney, said that he has to keep a tee under the left side of his hat. Um, And then Andrew actually said in his question that he has to put his left sock on first, otherwise he plays bad. <laughs> Which sock do you put on first? I actually put my... I think I do put the right sock on first, but without thinking about it.
2: The only, I, I think I go left first. The only the only thing I'll sometimes do, and I and I quite like this. It's almost living on the edge. I have socks that I have left and right on. Oh, it, like golf. <laughs> they are golf socks. That I have left and right roulette. on.
1: You're just whack going on.
2: I quite like it sometimes when I've not got them on the right the right feet. Like if my left is on my right, my right's on my left. I, I'm actually. I'm I'm pleased with that. Sometimes if mm. it goes to plan, I get I'm like mm, I didn't really. I almost are feel like sporty I've, socks, or yeah, yeah. I feel like I've used a level of my luck if I get them on the right feet in the morning. But you do
1: know that some of the like Nike sports socks are designed for your foot. So if you put it on the wrong one, you're not getting the most out of your sock. Oh, because if you think about this angle of your toes down to your little toe; they're kind of shaped more. So, oh. okay, Well these, these aren't Nike so socks. You walked a bit, so. <laughs>
2: i'm gonna check now just one sec what am I doing? sorry everyone Why are you driving know, living, and, uh, oh you've got
1: left on left
2: i'm doing all right today
1: yeah that's a good sock what, it's a very com- like it looks comfy Yeah, it's
2: not nike all right okay i'm i don't think i'm allowed to shout out who, what i'm wearing i've always worn these
1: oh i think i know what they are oh yeah no i actually know what I'm to be fair
2: about. i must admit these socks that i'm wearing are probably the comfiest socks ever out of the packet um anyway we, <laughs> we digress mm. <laughs> um I mentioned it before, and we'll come back to some questions in a minute. I mentioned it before, but Maverick, Callaway Maverick, that's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, testing a started with that. Video will be coming soon. You might have seen Xander Shoffley use it in the President's Cup and also started to put it in the bag. Um, that also has somewhat of a similar story to TaylorMade. We can't say too much just yet, but stay tuned for that. Uh, you'll see more uh, January the 14th. So mm. Jan- put that date in your diary. That's when you'll start to see, is that a Monday? No, it can't be, can it? Um, is it a Tuesday? Five, Either way, I think that what might be what the next podcast... Oh, that's great. Oh, no, that's not great. 13th is next Monday, and 14th is when Callaway drops. Oh,
1: so it'll be the day before. Mm. Maybe we can it's throw annoying. in some spoilers. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, What else?
1: So, this is a good question, and it's hard to answer, but let's have a go. So Aaron Divine has said that what's the best driver for someone who's starting out?
2: Hmm. For me it's it's if I'm honest it's one without bells and whistles. It's mm-hmm. it's something that's not movable. It's not too super expensive. That even something like that like Cleveland HB launcher, mm-hmm. you know, good. it's It's fixed. You don't have to change the loft too much. You're not getting too complicated with thinking, is it the club or you? It's get it in a bit of loft, get it in like an 11 degree head, which isn't going to give you the greatest distance just yet, but don't worry about that. Um, Or even like a, a ping fixed head or... Um, second, something second hand. I think that there's two things you need to look for if you're a new golfer and you're looking for a driver. Go with loft. Let loft be your friend. Don't worry too much about distance. Just even if it's 11, 12, 13 degrees of loft. Uh, something that's very easy to hit um, and use it as a stepping stone. So maybe don't spend loads of money on your first driver. Think about having it in the bag for maybe a year or so until you get used to hitting driver and then you might want to treat yourself to slightly, something slightly more expensive. Yeah. I just wouldn't go straight into a SIM driver if you're brand new because I just don't see any benefits at all. It'd be like jumping in the Ferrari when you've not even passed your test. Go some- yeah, no. <laughs> go for, yeah, but also you you wouldn't if you wrapped it around the tree. Very true. I think uh you know, go for something that's quite bog standard again, like you were passing your driving test for the first time. Something not too powerful, something not too expensive. A stepping stone into your next car potentially, a little Nissan Micra or a, a Vauxhall Corsa. I'm trying to think of america cars. What do they have?
1: Chevrolet, I feel like.
2: But like, what's like a new car? I feel like they have like beach buggies. Beach, like mm. they have Teslas. They go straight to Teslas, yeah. don't they, in America? We watch too much David Dobrik. Yeah, all you Americans <laughs>
1: listening, we expect you all have a Tesla.
0: <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com
2: slash host
1: Living in california
2: <laughs> they just jump straight into uh into like a, a range rover or a jeep or a you know whatever but something small start start off something easy And build your way up. And I would go that with all clubs when you first start off. Don't go all out spending loads of money. Get something that's second-hand, that's going to give you a lot of help and that potentially might change in a year's time.
1: I feel like Aaron's either going to think that was the best answer ever or he just wanted you to say, ping (laughs) G410. That's a good answer. I think, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. The only thing I would say is almost, and it's not really answering this question, but don't really worry about your drive if you're new. Just go and play and practice because... It's like, I'm going to use the darts analogy again, because we've been playing loads of darts, which you'll know if you listen to the last podcast, but we're not not—we're getting a little bit better at darts, but I'm fully aware that the darts aren't affecting my performance. It's just I'm not very good at darts. We Another thing we've,
2: we've realized today, we've stood, we've standing about six inches too far away from the board, which has made things harder. And now we've, it's almost like we started on the, the championship tee. Yeah, we and on the we've white. just moved up to the yellows. Yeah. <laughs> we're flying now.
1: <laughs> In darts terms, I would say I currently hit the ball 180 yards off the tee. And Rick can be like 200 yards, but can also be 130. Yeah. Really wild. <laughs> Another good question. Um, it's really long, so I'm going to cut through it a little bit. It's from Rob Campbell, again on the Facebook group, who's also a conversation starter. So very well done for getting that little badge. It means a lot to see these badges next to people's names. Um, he basically says, why is the draw the most sought, off, sought after shot shape? Um, and is it because most people have a slice, which is the opposite? So my quick take on that is probably got some truth in that most yeah. golfers slice it or fade it so a draw has always been perceived as going further which we now know through Trackman and things isn't necessarily the case always obviously but actually on tour I'd say that fade's become the new in shot hasn't way it way
2: more in shot yeah I, I would agree with you know what you said at the start what was his name sorry it's Rob Campbell so I think I would agree with what, what you said Rob in the fact that a fade is so connected to a slice for amateur golfers. You know, yeah. the old saying that a fade is like a, a slice is like a power fade. And I think it has this negative connotation when you see golfers that, you know, you're starting the ball at the left and it's moving to the right because a slice does lose distance so therefore you then then think a less of a slice a fade should also lose distance yeah. but there's no as guy said with trap man gc quads etc n- there's no reason why a fade should hit it shorter if you present the same clubhead speed um and the same strike location etc with a draw you're right i think draws back in the day i always th- feel like tiger when he was dominating when he was hitting that big three would draw around the 13th of, uh, augusta that was super, super, um, you know, the, the time where distance was key. They were trying to hit it as hard as they could. They could hit this big slinging draw. Technology wasn't quite as good, so they need all the help they could get. But then over time, golfers wanted to start seeing, certainly professional tour players wanted to see more of a a, a consistent miss. Mm-hmm. And with a draw, often you will hook it. Yeah. And with a hook, that's dangerous. Certainly around a golf championship golf course because, you know, it's just it, a, If you're a draw of the ball, it's easier to hook it. So if you're a professional golfer, and a bit like me, I can draw it, but I often get a little bit of a snap hook. I'm not as bad anymore. I feel like I'm starting to favour more the right side of the golf course, if I'm honest. Where with a fade, if you're a, a really good golfer, it's very hard to hit a slice when you're a fader. You have to really get it badly wrong to hit a slice. Therefore, if you know you're always going to fade it, you're always, you're going to completely... Avoid the left side of the golf course. You can start up the left and move it to the right with some level of consistency. I remember Jordan Speeth talking about this in in the actual podcast I listened to. And he said, you know, he won around Augusta, even though Augusta's seen as a draw golf course off the tee. Hitting into greens, a lot of the time you want to fade it because if you miss short right, you're okay. Mm-hmm there's one hole you cannot miss short right and that's the 12th the par three over the water and that's unfortunately where he hit that bad shot in 2015 was it where he dunked two in the water and whatever so anyway long story short a fade has become more of a sought after shot with professional golfers but i do believe draws are still quite desirable for amateur golfers but they shouldn't obsess about it. No, I they think, really shouldn't. Like
1: you said, we know from trackman now that drawing a fade with all, you know, everything else the same, strike location, angle of attack, etc., would go exactly the same distance, but in real in real terms, for the average golfer, a draw would go further than a fade or because typically the fade is going to have a more open face, more loft, etc., more spin. So I think that's probably why most people want to hit a draw. There's um,
2: also evidence in the fact that if you are trying to hit a draw shot, the club coming from the inside actually does pick up more clubhead speed. Mm. Um but again, you, there's always fears that you might end up hitting bad shots. So, Mike? Uh, just one on that. If you, if someone said to me right now, you are going to hit the same shaped golf shot for the rest of your life, nothing's going to change, I'd snatch the hand off. Yeah. If I knew that I hit a 10-yard fade, I'd snatch the hand off. 100%. If I knew I was going to hit a 10-yard draw, I'd snatch the hand off. All I want is to know, if I start up the right, I'm going to draw it. If I start up the left, I'm going to fade it on demand every single time. Makes Which sense. Which at the moment is not what I do.
1: Um, Mike, oh, I don't know how to say this surname. It's S-T-A-T-C-H-E-N. So Strat Stratton, possibly? Anyway, good question. He's basically said that there's lots of discussion on fittings and their importance lately. But it's curious to know what we would think is the most important fitting to get done. So whether it be Irons, driver, wedges, putter, etc. cetera. Um, so obviously, I used to be a fitter. I think that's quite a broad question, but for me, I probably would say irons only because it's this, the clubs that you literally use the most on the golf course. I, from experience, once, I remember um, before I worked in my old job, I had a set of AP2s. Um, they actually the set that were before the 710s, the ones that actually have a number on. And I bought them, I think, three degrees upright because they were second hand. I since got them. I got them changed to be standard. But when they were three degrees upright, every shot, certainly with the shorter irons, had missed miles left. So it was literally having a massive impact on the game. Um, and obviously you hit your irons, as I said, more times than any of the clubs. So I would probably say irons. What would you say?
2: I don't know, it's a good question, isn't it? Is it?
1: But then again, you could argue, if you had a putter that was horrendous for you, if you had a putter, let's be silly, but if you had a putter that was 38 inches long and the old tightless bullseye shape, and you struggled with alignment and you wanted a 32 inch putter, it'd be horrendous. And you usually put her 30 times around.
2: But I also feel like if you got a bad wedge fitting where you, your gapping was not good and yeah. you than you know, you got stuck between yardages a lot. But then again, if you had a driver that was three, yeah. you know, I did a little test in the sim video where I put it in seven degrees, couldn't hit it to save my life, put it up to 11 degrees and hit it too high, but I could play with it. It's a
1: hard question. And
2: then then lastly, ball fitting. Mm -hmm. I would possibly put that as the lowest. Yeah, I would. If I'm honest, I'm going to try and rank these. I would go ball fitting as the least least important.
1: important. See, I'd go wedges next least, personally. I feel like if you gave me one fifty-six degree wedge and all my clubs or everything else, I'd feel like I'd be more... I could manipulate it. And I feel like, feel like even for beginner golfers, just having one wedge takes any confusion out of it. Okay,
2: no, I'd agree with that. And, and again, I, I think because we played so many different golf courses, and most people do, things like bounce and grind and stuff can change so much. I know you, a lot of golfers get fit for their home golf course, um, but that's not where you play all the time. So yeah, I'd, I would agree with that. I'd go wedges second.
1: I'm going to putter next. Most people don't have a putter fit in. I've never had one. I'm a really good golfer. <laughs> Joke. <Joking. laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you bought a putter off the shelf, standard, you can't go that far wrong. No. Really? If you um,
1: like it, obviously, because it's going to give you the confidence to hold more putts.
2: Hmm, that's a good one, actually. Putter, driver, or irons, or three wood. Are we talking even talking uh, about metal woods? That area
1: kind of goes within driver, I guess. But.
2: Uh, Okay, I'll agree with putter. So we're on ball, wedges, putter.
1: Then I'd go driver, irons. So irons, I'd say, is the most important. But this is a funny question because if we were saying about, say they're all off the shelf and you gave them to a golfer, I feel like an off-the-shelf set of irons wouldn't be a million miles off for most people. But if you went to the extremes and gave somebody that needs a standard set of given irons, and gave them a two inches longer than standard, five degrees upright blade, it'd be horrendous for That's, that's why
2: you'd say, again, if you gave a golfer a seven-degree double-extra-stiff yeah, exactly. driver two inches longer, it'd be horrendous. That's the thing, it's the extremes. Where a ball, you can't go to the extremes. Exactly. Wedges, again, you can go to extremes, but what's the point? Apart from changing the line angle and bounce, irons, you're right. You've got, obviously, the shafts, the line angles, the lofts, the lengths, and even the a big, grips, and the big thing with
1: irons, I don't think you mentioned there, was actually the, the number of irons you need. Well, why should people don't only really buy three irons anymore now? But if you were going to go and buy a set of irons and you bought them three irons, pitching wedge, but actually only needed to start them at five iron, you could get two hybrids in there that would help your game. I would say irons probably.
2: As in most important?
1: Yeah, because I think the actual... Forget about the fitting as such, the actual iron head can vary more. So although, yeah, a 7-degree drive and a 12-degree drive is going to be a massive difference, a it's blade... It's still going to be a 460cc yeah, driver. A, a blade that's very weak lofted or traditional lofted versus a, a super um, cranked-up chunky head filled with foam and all sorts of stuff. I think that's going to make a bigger difference.
2: Mm. Uh, yeah, and I, I suppose going back to, let's say, a golf bit challenge I've done with Pete in the past when I'm going around the warehouse, I'm looking for... If I'm picking up a driver, I just want the shaft to be okay and the loft to be okay. If I'm picking up wedges, I just want the lofts to be okay. Mm. Putter, I just want the length to be okay more than anything. Irons, you're right. I want the he- the right head shape, the right length, the right grip thickness, the right shafts. Other, other clubs I can live without it being perfect. Okay, yeah, I'm going to agree with iron fitting is the most important. Cool. That's <laughs> a good question. Right. But you are, you are an ex-fitter as well, so you, I'll take your advice.
1: Yeah. Thanks. um So another question is quite a good one. It's from George Baker, and he says, "I think golf is one of the most exciting sports, but why does golf still seem as a boring game?"
2: I honestly think I'm just going to put this down to one th- thing: is it's the pace of play. Mm-hmm. As much as golf, if you watched highlights of golf, so only hi- highlights. If you watched the best ten shots of 2019, let's say. You show that to anybody, golf's exciting. Similar to if you showed the best 10 goals in football, football's exciting. Mm -hmm. It's the time between those amazing shots in golf that makes it not as fun. Cause it's too stretched out. But what about American football then? I don't. Sorry, I, well, don't, I, I'm I not... don't.
1: I don't watch it at all. Although I actually got a Raiders hoodie, and I don't know why. I, just have a, <laughs> I don't even know any of the players. But what I mean is, when I watch American football, I think it's boring because of the stops in play. But obviously, it's massive in America. So people, cricket isn't fast-paced.
2: That's boring, though, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I think it
1: is. But 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 I would say golf probably has a more perception by younger people as being boring than maybe cricket would. But I don't know actually. I think the clothing and traditional clothing plays a part. So if you ever see anybody... Well, let's say
2: when we film with Eddie Hall. Yeah, and he came Eddie Hall came dressed. He went online and went to Amazon and bought checked shorts and a a flat flat cap. cap. And that was his perception of what golf is looks like. Or if you ever... There's a thing in the UK where people go and play pub golf. So basically, they'll go
1: out with a group of friends. to several pubs and it'll be like...
2: They're all in plus fours Yeah, exactly the work of glove.
1: They'll wear like a Pringle-style sleeveless jumper. And... When you compare that to today's modern fashion it's so far away it it makes golf look old
2: for older people and boring. Well in some regards cricket fashion's never changed. Yeah. American football fashion's never changed. Football fashion like what other sport has the fashion changed so much? It's a good question. I don't think cuz everyone else is uniformed in some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't think that. of a single one.
1: But also as well how I always think this with golf. I think, is it actually seen as boring? I think it's, certainly by younger people potentially, but I know a lot of people like my friends and stuff who have always played like football or soccer, you know, through their younger years, get to like 18, 19, 20 and start playing golf.
2: If I'm honest, I think the perception's changed with golf because I always remember, my wife told me this the other day actually. So obviously when I met her, I was a golfer and she really wasn't impressed with that. Mm. (laughs) She was like, oh great. And, uh, None of her friends were when she used to say, "Oh, Rick's a golf or whatever." It wasn't that impressive. If we now we went to a wedding recently and we got chance to a couple we didn't know, and you know, <clears throat> and he said, "Oh, what do you do?" I said, "I'm a golf pro." Like he, they were like amazed by it. Like they were like, "Oh my, you're a golf pro!" Like,
1: and then you flex and said, "Well, yeah, and I break eighty quite often." <laughs>
2: <laughs> you I think, know, i I'd had a few drinks by that point, so yeah, I was, um, so it's like it, it was it was a weird, you know. My wife after said, it's funny because the reaction there that you got was so different to reactions, let's say, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was. I always, And people would, like, pull the face a bit when I used to say I was a golf pro 10 years ago. And maybe because I was 10 years younger, and I, I might have been too young for that or whatever. But um, it's it definitely that the concepts changed. Then I said I was a YouTuber, and that was like, whoa, whoa. I'm a Facebooker. And well,
1: then you said I'm a golf YouTuber. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What, like mr beast no no i do golf stuff
2: <laughs> But like mr beast but just not as much uh, <laughs> not as much high energy on money
1: um this is a good question
2: we, to be fair though just a quick one on that we are also trying to make golf less boring yeah 100 percent. in the videos we are trying to you know that's something that i am trying to get rid of that stigma i want golf to not be perceived as boring so the videos that we make we are very conscious about that you know and that's even you know for the footwear that I use or the clothing or the, the, the equipment that I'm testing or the way that we shoot or the music that we play or whatever. I do want it to be perceived as being fun.
1: And that's why I was brought into the podcast to appeal to the younger, cooler generation. Wow. <laughs> um, but that's also leads on to, well, this isn't a question, but something we get all the time about golf being expensive. And it is, but it doesn't have to be. And it's a similar kind of thing. Golf can be in some ways quite boring but it also can be really good fun if you can play golf with a few friends and play nine holes and have a laugh it can be really fun um Andy Worrell has he's a new member I think because he's got the weight yeah he's a new member so welcome what's your favourite brand of golf clothing
2: it's asking me yeah Nike <laughs> yeah
1: it took you a while to answer but... no it's just like
2: he's actually asking me yeah Nike what, have people said anything
1: no no one's um
2: oh, that was just a question for us yeah um I must admit, though, I did I, growing up. It was, I used to wear a lot of Nike, but I used to also wear a lot of Jay Lindenberg. Yeah, I did. When it first came out, it was like I had the, I had the sweatbands, I had mm. the belts, I had the the um, pinstriped trousers, I had the big bridge across my back, and then I that was up... like
1: the, the mid to early two thousands, wasn't it? <laughs> I
2: was about eleven, yeah, eleven. Well, no, maybe no, a, bit a bit older, older than that, F- fourteen, fifteen. It was pretty expensive, though. It was so dear,
1: anyway. Um... Right, okay. I should get these questions probably ready before we start um, recording. I like this.
2: This is just like raw, isn't it?
1: Just chilling. I've got a can of Monster. It's Not sponsored, but I really like the... Um, but if anyone is listening from Monster. Monster. Would like Monster. The Monster Energy Ultra Red it's Sugar-free, which is why I don't feel so bad drinking it early on in the morning. I wouldn't drink sugar so early in the morning. But sugar-free is okay. Um, Robert Ray, he's also a new member. He's got a little waving kind of emoji next to his name. How do you know when to replace your equipment and how often? Hmm. I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. I don't think most golfers need to replace their equipment in the not say lifetime, but in a good 15 years, 20 years, unless they want to. Yeah, they don't have to. You don't have to. Equipment
2: doesn't wear unless you are beating yeah. a
1: lot of golf balls. You know, wedges would
2: if you're playing a lot, a of, lot of golf. You, you know. Uh, putters are never going to wear, drivers aren't really ever going to wear. There's a few, th- if you are just a standard 15 to 18 handicapper mm. and playing once a week, maybe even twice a week, you're probably going to get 10, 15 years out of your equipment. If you are an up-and-coming junior, tour player, whatever it may be, and you are smashing hundreds of golf balls every day, I always remember I bought a set of clubs. I, don't, I feel like I brought us up in the podcast before. I brought I bought a set of clubs off Chris Hansen years ago. Chris Hansen's a tour, a European tour player, and uh, went to college together. And he had a set of Mizuno TP9 bladed irons, and I bought them off him secondhand. And uh, the eight iron or the seven iron, one of the two had the the most consistent strike pattern out in the middle I've ever seen in my life like the literally the black of the, the the middle of the club yeah. face was black it was worn out there was hardly any grooves left because he was a you know a dedicated golfer and practiced a lot and hit a lot of golf balls i remember when i bought those clubs off him at college he used to go back home at to my local golf club and people would see the eight iron or the seven iron worn out I would say, oh my god you're hitting a lot of golf balls at college i'm like oh yeah yeah yeah. i'm i'm getting a few (laughs) but obviously uh it wasn't me um uh, on that instance yeah you would start to see performance dip off but that is an extreme level where was probably hitting a thousand golf balls a week at that stage
1: i did a very similar thing i bought a set of second hand titlist 690 mb blades probably in 2005 or six or something and they were from the pro shop I used to work at, but the, again, certainly the mid-irons had proper round circles in the middle. It was like rust, but dark, but just, the chrome was just brought off him. and It wasn't down to me, because obviously I bought them hand. but it did look nice in your bag, and then some people saw me hit him, and I'm like, well, that doesn't quite work. <laughs> Does that <add> up? <laughs> Thomas Muller has asked, not the footballer, I don't think. Oh, actually, wait there. No, it's not. <laughs> I said, to, he's actually got a, Picture his header There's football but it's not actually the Tom, Thomas Muller um, he said novelty head covers cool or not cool mm. there's one exception
2: to the rule well there is I, I think novelty if they've got a purpose you mm-hmm. know if, they, if they've got a bit of heritage you know or uh, if a child's bought one for Christmas for you that'd be quite cool or something no? I don't know. If, if my kids bought me one, I'd be like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't use it. This guy's got no heart. I wouldn't use it. If, it, <laughs> if it's got some uh, meaning, so obviously, Tiger's head cover, Frank, it has got his own buddy name. Uh, Rory's got the dog as that, well. Rory's got the dog. But I feel like I don't know why. Like, why has Rory got the dog? Why not? Because Tiger had a
1: tiger. I used to have one. Guess what I used to have? You won't guess. There's no point me asking to but, guess. A uh, pit No. The Ratif Goose and Goose. Oh, my God, yeah.
2: Did you have that, honestly? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, that, got, though, I've kind of got a bit of a novelty head cover on my driver at the moment. Haven't I mean, you got Rick Shields on your head cover? <laughs> <laughs> that's the
1: worst thing ever. <laughs> I've got a
2: picture of me with my uh, Nike hat on and my beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone designed for me. So, yeah. But that's got meaning. It, if, I, if I suddenly put a... A gopher head cover on my clubs yeah. or a or a buddy beaver or a frog or an elephant or... There's
1: one person that comes to mind with novelty head covers. Someone that you're friendly with. There used to be a lot on the channel. Who? Rob
2: Potter. Alright. <laughs> <called up pine. laughs> yeah, I'm not <laughs> there, buddy. Uh yeah. <laughs> no comment, Rob, if you listen Yeah, No comment. Um I like it. It's uh, yeah, if you want to use it, use it, but I'm I'm not the biggest
1: fan. I think a lot of people use them less probably these days because they want to flex with the headcode they've got. So if Correct. you've got a SIM, for example, you want people to know you've got a SIM. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever, an F9 or whatever. Um, I think it's more acceptable like a three-word because it's quite cool if you see someone with Correct. like a random head cover. Maybe not like a novelty one or such, but like a golf club well, or Well, actually, something.
2: you know what though? I'm going to question it. What what classifies as novelty?
1: I think novelty is like an animal or like a character or something. Yeah. Whereas like a golf club or a, an, an open or a master's. Correct. kind yeah, of yeah. Because I've
2: got open ones and master's ones that I've used in the past. Uh, but I wouldn't class those as novelty but like say animals or like da- a dice or...
1: yeah. Um, but if you want them, not, let's not hate on them. But if you want them, get them. So
2: somebody's listening now, driving along in the car, thinking they've got a, a bloody uh, elephant head cover on yeah. the driver, a dog on the three-wood, and a pigeon on the rescue. And then they've got iron head covers. They've got everything fitted by the irons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're thinking, Thanks for listening. I know, they think, and they're not on Facebook. <laughs> they're not going to be very much included, are they? <laughs>
1: They're included to listening. That's all that matters. Um, (laughs) They were listening. (laughs) Right. Let me find another good one. All right. Okay. Somebody asked, and I can't find his name now or her name. I think it was a a guy, though. Um, Basically saying, who do you think is going to win the majors this year? Um, And I'll be honest. I I sometimes think when people try and guess the major winners, it's just literally a guess. How do I know when we're playing well when the Open's on? I know you can go off who's played well at the Open before. You know, you could go like a Ricky Fowler, a Tommy, Rory but I don't know.
2: Let's do this now. Do no, want, I, I want you, stickies.
1: <laughs> so Rick just did like a hand movement to say, give me that. And I've got a dart flight in my hand <laughs> and I went to pass in the dart flight. He wants the paper, not the dart flight. Right, I'll tell
2: you what we're going to do right now. Two stickies. We'll keep these on the desk all year. Who's going to win the majors?
1: Okay, so the first up is His the Masters. masters. Um, I'm not,
2: are you saying these out loud?
1: Oh, why not? Because then people know.
2: Well, let me write them down first, and then you can write yours down. Right, okay. What's the second one?
1: Um, US Open. The, no, is it not the Open? Uh, no, it Open's last. Is it?
2: Open's at Royal St. George's this year.
1: Let me Google it. I should really know this.
2: It goes uh, US Open, then PGA. Right. So US Open, I'm going to go with... Then... Yeah, you've got it right, and then last is the... PGA, I'm going to go... To be fair, I'm not being too ambitious here. So I just read mine out then and then no 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 I'll well. write mine down because yeah, I don't want you to copy mine. right, I've written mine down. You can hear the paper. Guy's right, going to write um, it down. Um it's always it is hard to do this, but I think if we keep these on the desk and each major that comes up we'll see are who we, reading we them for. But we read out now
1: to the to the listeners. Yeah, but I
2: you read out to the listeners, but I didn't want you to copy oh, mine. Oh, right,
1: I'm not going to copy yours.
2: Imagine, so, if you, imagine if you got exactly the same.
1: Okay, I'm going to go... So Masters is first, and then it's... Well, you
2: can read yours out now, because I've obviously... Oh, okay, already then, done so my...
1: Masters, I am going to go
2: with Rory. I am going to go with Rory also.
1: Nice. I think he's, he's due one, isn't he? I
2: think he's due one. He had a phenomenal 2019... And it's the one that he's obviously desperate to win. So there's, I love those memes where uh, he's been on Amazon and he sees a, a green jacket for yeah. sale and <laughs> uh, buys it. Uh, go on then, uh, US Open. Brooks. I have gone for Justin Thomas.
1: Actually, I think the PJ is first.
2: But it doesn't matter. So Justin Thomas. Oh, wait, we need to find out then. Let me have a look. I think the PJ. I'm sure... Uh... Golf. I should know this.
1: It is. It's the PGA because it moved, isn't it? Go on then. So for PGA, I am going to go.
2: Hmm. Tony Fee now. Whoa. You're right. So sorry. So it's Masters, then the PGA, mm-hmm. then the U.S. Open, then the Open. Uh, all right. So I'm. I'm. Slightly, so I'm. Gonna, I'm still going to go. JT for US Open.
1: So I kind going... of got who I've said already now. So I've gone Rory. You said Rory
2: for the Masters. Yeah. You said Brooks for... Yeah,
1: the US, which the... obviously was the third event. That's fine. I could put like that. And then I put Tony Fee now.
2: So I'm going to go Brooks for the PGA. Then we've just got the Open
1: left. I feel like this is probably just, just nonsense. But i feel like the PGA, because it's like, in my mind, the worst of the four majors. I feel like you've got more chance of a... Uh, not an underdog winning, but like I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say Tony Finau for the Masters, but I feel like for the USPGA, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I like him, he's cool. That's another thing we'll talk about in a minute, actually. Cool golfers, we discussed this yesterday. Um, so the Open, then, is, at, is it at St. George's this time? Which
2: Darren Clark won last time for no real reference. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's going to make a difference to who you pick.
1: So for the Open, why don't we do... A realistic and a wild card, because it's like our mage, if you like. Okay. So I'm going to go realistic, John Rahm. Okay. And I'm going to wild card, not a ridiculous wild card, but quite a bit of an outsider, Wallace, Matt Wallace. Ooh.
2: Oh, you know what? Sorry. I'm going to change my mind. I've changed I've just thought of another player that I think is going to win one. Right.
1: I think I might know you're going to pick it.
2: So for the Open, who I think is going to win it, is mm. Tiger. Oh, wow who I think is a wild card, Matt Fitzpatrick.
1: Mm, yeah, good shout.
2: I've changed JT from winning the US Open to Tommy Fleetwood.
1: Okay, that's, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to have one more. I'm going to have a notable <laughs> other. I just want to cover my back here. My other, 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 <laughs> By the time
2: we finished, we'll we gonna every golfer. My
1: other notable, just for any major, is Xander Shoffley. Because he's been up there he a has, lot. He and he's like, he's one of those golfers that I still thinks He's number nine in the world now
2: don't think of him much yet
1: and i don't yeah i don't think of him being. he's above tommy world ranking yeah exactly
2: um so let's recap rory for the masters for me and for me brooks for the pga
1: tony now
2: tommy fleetwood for the us open brooks kepka tiger for the open
1: and i went with i've already forgotten who i went with john ram
2: and Fitz for the wild card Matt, yeah, and I went with
1: matt wallace as
2: a wild card so guys we'll uh, we'll revisit that after the open championship and see how we go <laughs> we can revisit every open uh, every major um yeah cool golfers we did discuss it briefly but i think uh that's a different topic yeah different topic for a different time um guys thanks for listening hopefully you enjoyed it make sure you do check out the Rick Shields facebook page uh, who is a kind sponsor of this uh, fantastic podcast? And make sure you are staying tuned to the YouTube channel because loads of videos are going to be coming out in January/February. slash um, And we'll see you soon.
1: Yeah, just a last thing: please email us podcast at rickshields.com. Send us an email and we'll make sure you're
2: the listener of the week.